Thanks for joining us for season four of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thanks for the introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, Jimmy and I are the personalities behind branded strategic hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. And speaking of technology, hospitality, innovation, and capital, Jimmy, let me bring you an update. Do you want to hear the update? I want to hear the update. I'm very excited. The update is that the branded marketplace is live. The marketplace is live. It's open. It's ready for everybody. So check out thebrandedmarketplace.com. It is an e-commerce platform, Jimmy, connecting the best technology in the hospitality industry with the operators that need it the most. So if you need technology, and everyone needs technology, Jimmy loves technology. He's had a, he's had a, uh, uh, what, what's that thing you have? The BlackBerry. Jimmy still has a BlackBerry. But that's we'll talk about that another time. Uh, everyone needs technology except for Jimmy. Go to the marketplace, check it out. We are connecting everybody with uh, operators and technology. Uh, if you're not on the marketplace, you'd like to be on the marketplace. If you have a great tech that you think is solving problems, uh, email us at marketplace at brandstrategic.com and we'll get you up there and onboard you as fast as possible. It's free. It's free for everybody. So, Jimmy, how do we make money? Volume. Volume, I tell you. Right, That's how right. we do. We make it in volume. <laughs> in volume and with a thousand technology companies on there, somehow we're going to figure it out, but we're going to make it up in volume. Jimmy, take it away. I'm still trying to figure out if you just shamed me on my commitment and loyalty to the BlackBerry, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spite you by bringing. You've back always the loved Palm Canada, Jimmy. You've always loved Canada. Oh, Canada! I'm gonna bring back the Palm Pilot. I'm I'm making that my next thing. Okay, enough of that uh, little banter in the marketplace. Uh, but we do uh, love it and look forward to having you check it out. We are very excited for today's episode. We have a fantastic guest. It is Mr. Zach. Goldstein, CEO and founder of Thanks. Before we jump into Zach, just want to highlight that at the end of the episode, we are going to have a special offer for operators that are listening today. So stick around to the very end of the show and we'll jump into that. But right now, I want to dive into Mr. Goldstein, who's been patient as, patient as Shats and I are going through our own branded rimmerall or whatever you want to call it. Zach, welcome to the podcast. Why don't we give you a moment to introduce yourself, take the lead, uh, and also introduce your great company, Thanks. Absolutely. And, and no, I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I, I could listen to you guys chat all day long. In that case, let's keep it going. <laughs> I'll join. I'll join. Thank you, Zach. Take it away, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks for having me. Uh, and for those that don't know, thanks. Th thanks is a digital guest engagement platform targeted at traditionally offline businesses. And so that includes restaurants, retailers, service businesses, uh, and even malls, actually. Uh, with our heaviest concentration being in the restaurant industry. W what we've learned is that the world has changed and generic, unpersonalized guest engagement, uh, just spamming everyone with the same email, uh, doesn't cut it anymore. Uh, and similarly, uh, crossing your fingers and hoping that that customer comes back just because you have great food and great service, uh, unfortunately- don't, don't tell me that doesn't work anymore because I use that all the time. It's old still finger, needed, finger cross. but it, but it's <laughs> not really sufficient anymore. Oh. You got to know who your guests are. You got so to give more to it than just easy, finger crossing. <laughs> exactly, you got to give them an easy suite of digital tools to make those purchases, and you need to treat them personally using the data you have uh, to give them a reason to return. 
And that's what we do at Thanks. Well, listen, thanks for that uh, little 30,000-foot uh, view. I know there's a lot more to it. And before we take a deeper dive and learn more about Thanks, because I know it's a pretty sophisticated tool we've used it and we love it, um, just we'd like to learn a little bit about how'd you get here. I mean, you were a guy yep. working uh, at Bain, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that's like a big high finance, private equity venture, this, that, and the other thing, buying low, selling high, bears, bulls, lots of stuff like that. So you're working at Bain. Uh, you're, you're he wore working. suits. He wore suits at Bain. I got to tell you. He had a suit he and a tie? Suits. He wore a suit and tie, Shats. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you had a suit and a tie. So you're, wearing a, you're working at a big company, suit and tie. You're working with restaurant and retail clients. And then you launch Thanks. So how did this all evolve? What happened that you saw this as a pain point? And tell us the backstory of how you came to Thanks. Yeah, tr truthfully, there was a problem. Uh, that I observed that just kind of stuck in my craw. It bothered me. And this was the immediate post-Groupon. Ah. Uh, everyone is giving out massive deals and then mm -hmm. more of that finger crossing, hoping those people come back in because those mm -hmm. massive discounts untargeted were utterly bad deals economically for the brand mm -hmm. unless you got significant repeat purchasing which a, you never did because they were just value. they were coupon shoppers yeah that is those correct. Deal, hop, deal hoppers they were deal hoppers i call them promiscuous customers <laughs> and they would use your discount and then they'd never come back they'd go to the next right, deal. exactly yep and yep. so that bothered me because one of the things that we taught our clients at bain is that it's all about lifetime value frequency yep. recency and lifetime value uh and what became clear is Restaurants and retailers were seeking opportunities to drive uh, new customers. And ultimately, they wanted to keep those customers, but they didn't have the tools to do the second part well. That's the problem we we sought to solve with things. I dig it. I got to tell you, I really dig it. I also like the way you guys flirted around how to describe those discount offers. And uh, Zach got a little closer to where I thought you may end up with the promiscuity. But you, uh, the FCC will be proud of you. Uh, listen, Zach, uh, as marketing technology continues to become more intuitive, and operators are willing to invest in loyalty platforms. And let's face it, uh, McDonald's, who's one of the grand poobahs of this industry, they're now doing it. I think it opens up a whole new playing field. Um, for the benefit of our listeners, can, can you explain to our listeners how Thanks advances operations in the restaurant and the custom-built elements your platform offers? We're, we're digging in a little bit here now, Zach. Can you take our listeners into it uh, with us, for us? Very granular, Jimmy. Very, very granular. granular, very granular. Yeah, so uh, there's a couple things. To me, loyalty is not about giving out rewards and just running the race. Loyalty is about creating personal connections with customers that drive lifetime value. And I think that's a, a, a often misunderstood element of loyalty. You, you create an ongoing rewards program so that you can understand the spending of that customer so that you can talk to them on the right channel with the right message at the right time and measure, did doing so bring them back? And that is, is, is not only part of loyalty that's critical, but it is it has gone way past the table stakes of rewards. And so we do a couple things that are pretty unique. Uh, the first is traditional loyalty programs have really high breakage rates. We call it the Swiss cheese effect. If there's a lot of holes in your data, 
Love Swiss cheese. Always been a big fan. Agree, except when it's data. When there's a lot of holes in your data, you don't know, did Jimmy stop coming into my restaurant or did Jimmy just stop participating in my loyalty program? And the problem is that has very different conclusions for how you market to that customer. And so we Mm -hmm. set out to solve the Swiss cheese effect. And one of the ways we do that is we make participating in a loyalty program truly effortless for consumers by automatically tracking their purchases for those that opt in uh, through any payment card. So that means you make an online order, you use your Visa card, you walk into the store three days later, you use the same Visa card. Well, obviously it's still you. Why do you have to jump through all these hoops to tell the restaurant that that's you? We do it automatically. And so that means more data, which ties to the second part of what's differentiated about what Thanks has done. We know that restaurants are stretched thin. I have never met a restaurant with a marketing team that is in abundance of resources. They're running around Mm -hmm. like crazy. And so we have prioritized building sophisticated data-driven tools that are dirt simple to use. When we do uh, churn management, Uh, and we're trying to identify lost guests, something that we call WinBack, there are a whole bunch of machine learning-driven algorithms powering that tool. But for a restaurant, you click one button, WinBack lost guests. We take care of the rest. That's, in our view, the future of data-driven marketing is it has to be that simple to use, and all the heavy lifting has to happen from the technology. That makes a lot of sense, Zach. Enough talk about Swiss cheese. Let's talk about uh, how important marketing loyalty and engagement is. The whole suite, because every operator today, if you're not, if you're not putting, I mean, look, online ordering, buzz, 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 everyone online ordering. I think, you know, we got the online ordering thing. If you, if you didn't get the online ordering by now, then, you know, listen, <laughs> you're never going to get it, right? So now you got to be talking about it. It's marketing, loyalty, engagement. The whole suite. Operators have to have these tools, Right. And then we hear about personalization, that why is Jimmy getting, you know, information or emails or social media texts or pings? Why is he getting things, you know, about, you know, uh, bikinis? Jimmy doesn't wear a bikini. Well, he does wear a bikini sometimes. But no, Jimmy does. So it, why are, so what are you doing on the personalization aspect of the guest experience? Because I think that's really important, right, to, to what you were talking a little about, about the win back. And then just don't blast out a Groupon to you know a million people and just we hope and pray and cross your fingers. What's the personalization experience looking like with thanks? So I, I completely agree, and I'll, I'll give you some data. About the Swiss cheese or the personalization? <laughs> the, the, the both, actually. Okay, the, uh, A targeted <laughs> message. So something that is more relevant to the individual because of their previous spending or because of information they provided you drives about six times greater return on investment in terms of dollars purchased than a generic uh, uh, message. And so when you think about that, the numbers are uh, a well-targeted message can drive $10, $12 in incremental spend consistently across your guests. A spam message uh, is generally driving below, below $2. So when you think about that, that's worth the effort. Getting that type of return, getting more customers in is worth the effort. And actually, I'll connect the dots on, on two things you said. I agree in the restaurant category, digital ordering is becoming table stakes. Uh, if you haven't jumped on that yet, uh, I agree. You are too late. But the ones that are doing that well recognize that digital ordering is not just so that you can capture 
off-premise orders or that you can give people a new channel to, to find your food. Digital ordering is actually most valuable because it is the single best data creation tool the restaurant industry has ever seen. And that means winners and losers in the industry are being defined these days, not by how much data they have, because everyone has data because they're all accepting orders, mm -hmm. but how they use that data to talk to those customers. Are you effectively using email? Are you using SMS? Are you using your mobile application? Are you using online advertising through Instagram and Facebook? If you're doing those things, there's a major difference between, hey, everyone is a customer and I'm gonna treat them all the same versus, hey, I know you go to this location often, or hey, I know you dine this portion of our menu, but you don't, talk, talk, uh, you don't even touch another side. Uh, I know you have a family and you come in on family night, or I know you normally come in for a work lunch, or both. Those are completely different customers that need to be talked to completely different ways. You know, Zach, that was great. And I also appreciate that your analogies and your examples were on topic. I mean, families, work launches, Shatsy is creating the image of me in a bikini and, 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 mar you know, being marketed to, Jesus, uh, Jimmy, I, just, I just had breakfast, Jimmy, please. <laughs> no, and like he's, he's, he went in a whole different direction, but I appreciate Zach, you bringing us on, on point. But I also, I, I also value that you brought up some, you were dropping some analytics on us about the six times, uh, greater sale, um, by leveraging personalization. Uh, I want to stick with a little this little analytical kind of uh, uh, moment. Jimmy, Jimmy loves lists yeah. and analytics. L lists, analytics, we're sharing here. Well, we're, um, so let, me, let, let me jump in. According to the market research firm, Incisive, it is predicted by 2025, uh, only a few years out, digital sales will make up more than half, uh, or according to the survey, 54% of all quick service and limited service restaurant sales. More than half. That is 70% higher than pre-pandemic estimates. Now, footnote, this survey was taken a year ago, um, so at the start of the pandemic, but still, we're talking about a dramatic spike in digital sales. I guess my question is, you know, what are your thoughts on this or really uh, where do you stand on this prediction? Um, Brandon has his own view on not just the importance, but the criticality of digital sales and how it's going to make up uh, the, how it's going to, you know, uh, the, the role it'll play in the industry. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think that number's low. I, I think the reality is digital sales are rapidly becoming the lifeblood of the industry, especially when you look at quick service and limited service. It is absolutely a requirement. And it turns out ease of use for the customer always wins. And placing an order online or from your app or from your phone, uh, it's just easier. Mm -hmm. And so I think other than brands that have heavily leaned into uh, their drive-through, and even those are figuring out ways to cross drive-through and digital in a really efficient way, uh, we're going to see uh, the vast majority of sales move digital. A and this is something that we've spent a lot of time with. We integrate with many of the leading uh, online ordering providers, uh, whether those are provided by cloud-based point of sales like Toast or whether they're something like Olo, which is now a public company, or whether they're an upstart like Bebot. Um, we, we integrate with a wide range of these brands and we build the user experience on top of that. So that's the mobile application, that, that's the online ordering platform. We do that because that is a perfect place for personalization. When we talk about using data, knowing what someone bought last time is highly predictive of what they want to order this time. 
yep. knowing that wh- how they dine uh, is completely different in terms of changing the order of the menu items that you show them so that they're more likely to buy. These are things that have been happening in the e-commerce industry for a decade. There's nothing new, but the restaurant industry mm-hmm. is catching up. It's, it's a huge difference. Yeah, no, you're spot on. I agree with you. Retail is 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 way ahead. So whatever you whatever we saw in retail, you know, like you said, ten years ago, I mean, that's what's that's what's in the pipeline. That's what customers are are going are going to continue to embrace. So I agree. Shifting gears a little bit, uh, we talked a lot about thanks. You talked about the integrations and and who you work with and stuff. I mean, you guys are one of the top competitors out there in the loyalty space. You know, you, you see thanks all over the place. You guys are doing a great job. So congrats on all the success. What what differentiates Thanks from some of the other platforms out there? What makes Thanks so terrific? Well, so we we initially outside of you <laughs> being you know outside of you being the, the CEO and founder, which obviously that's top. Thank you. We 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 initially built our platform to be able to be used by uh, very small brands, uh, and I think there are no harder jobs in the world than being the operator. Uh, of of a uh, small uh, and growing restaurant, you are stretched thin, and so you're, wear, you're wearing like ten hats, like you said, right? Hats. You're doing everything. Maybe you're probably doing the marketing too. That's right, and 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 that is that is the case. And so, when thinking about how do you run those businesses, we find that restaurant operators are often focused on one foot in front of them, and that's by necessity. That's not a critique. The problem is. Marketing requires long-term thinking. Mm -hmm. Marketing requires how am I going to drive today's customer back in 30, 60, 120 days from now? And the answer is not just, well, uh, cross your fingers because of good food and good service. Uh, And so all of that distills down to it's got to be easy to use. Mm -hmm. And this has served us well as we've moved to much larger restaurant customers. Turns out, they're stretched thin too. Uh, it's an industry thing, yeah. not a size thing. Yeah, you know, sometimes I think that the the big guys do it better, and then you talk to some of the big guys, you're like, "Wow, you have the same problems I have." Yeah, wow, you know, <laughs> same exact problems. Yeah, bigger problems, same same number of them. That's right. And so this has been an advantage for us, though. It's in our DNA to make marketing tools that are easy to use and that save brands time. But it's been critical for us that. Easy to use doesn't mean you sacrifice on sophistication. So I'll give you some examples. Uh, It's really hard to know what marketing campaign is going to change consumer behavior. So we recommend A-B testing them. But our tool automatically identifies when one of those campaigns is working better than the next, it switches the entire campaign over to the more effective one. That's making life better for a marketer who doesn't have to be constantly monitoring the data, figuring out what's working, adapting everything, right? We know that there are certain behaviors that a consumer can do that make them more susceptible to marketing at that moment. They just visited and they bought a new item. You want to get their feedback on that item. Or they just went to the second store in a location that's far from home and you'd like to engage them there. Those, we call them fall-in campaigns, and you can set them up in advance, and then when the purchase triggers a marketing event, we automatically reach out to that customer so that the marketer is not sitting there analyzing the data and clicking buttons in real time trying to figure out who to talk to and when. 
all of this is around a concept of if you can take sophisticated data-driven marketing and you can make it easy to use, then you've removed burden from the plate of an otherwise stretched-thin marketing team. Uh, and that is what has happened in other industries with things like marketing automation. Loyalty evolved into marketing automation. Restaurants haven't seen that yet. We think Thanks is at the forefront of marketing automation. Great point. And um, I want to continue to talk about what we see is, and I think you're really hitting it, the evolution and the modernization of technology for the hospitality industry. Um, the fact is, and I, I'm, well, I'm not trying to be negative on anybody, but traditional loyalty programs, I just think are, are, are antiquated and, and are no match for the tech that we're seeing coming out today. And, and you're hitting on some of those points. You know, since the launch of the platform in 2011, you know, how has, the pla how has your platform evolved? And, you know, I'm not saying you want to break any news on the podcast, but maybe you could share, are you working on any new features or functionality right now that you think uh, the operators who listen to us would love to know about? I think in 2011, when he started, I remember he had those punch cards. It yeah, was a I, thanks punch card. You had to have that hole puncher. I mean, so correct. it's changed a lot, Jimmy. You took out I, your BlackBerry <laughs> and you punched the hole directly in your BlackBerry and then you showed that to the rest of <laughs> Yeah, so it's evolved a lot. <laughs> and, all right, then how about the new stuff? How about the new things? I mean, I mean the really new stuff. <laughs> so I think, there's, I think there's two things. First is... Uh, as we've talked about, online ordering is uh, uh, table stakes for a restaurant, but it is absolutely the most effective data collection tool a restaurant's ever had. And so we've spent our energy building a best-in-class open API ecosystem that can integrate with every other technology that's out there in the branded marketplace, as an example. And we've done that because no longer can you buy one solution and get it all. There, there aren't technologies that are doing that and doing that effectively. Uh, you need, you need custom-built technology that does its job great. And that means those technologies need to interact. And so Thanks has been a leader in building true, modern, open APIs that integrate with technologies. So we have a wide range of those partnerships. And I think that's one, that's one thing. I'll highlight, for instance, uh, just recently, uh, earlier this year, we launched a brand new app uh, with Dig uh, in New York, uh, and they've mm -hmm. used several technologies. It's entirely API driven. They built their own platform. It is a phenomenal user experience for loyalty. And unlike some of our previous platforms where we built that application and it was a little bit more standardized of what that app could look like. Digs looks very much custom and on brand because they built it using our APIs. That's the future of the world. Uh, and we commend customers that embrace it that way. Uh, the second is all about bringing more of the effort of personalization into the technology and removing that burden from the user. And so that's things like uh, machine learning uh, and an automated segmentation so that you don't have to look at all your customers and figure out who they are. We do that for you. Then we help you automate uh, what you message to them to determine which thing is most likely to drive new purchasing. And then we double down on that and turn that into an ongoing, what we call an evergreen marketing campaign. These are just some of the things that we've innovated on to make the life of marketers and frankly, restaurant operators easier because I don't know too many restaurants that want to sit in Excel spreadsheets all the time. 
uh, slicing and dicing their data. Now we did that with our schedules for years, and now we've you know we have scheduling platforms now, but we, we we're done with Excel. Uh, listen, we got a great you know we really dug in deep into uh, into the product, and it's great. Um, and and give us a little bit on what's the future. What what other bells and whistles feature sets? What else are we going to expect from Thanks? And and the the you know the loyalty platform uh, going forward. Yeah, I think increasingly thinks is about um, without without giving out too many trade secrets yeah. to our listeners because I want to be mindful of that. But if you can, just give us a few things to look forward to. I think increasingly we're focused on loyalty and rewards as being a tool in a restaurant's toolkit but not the entirety of how they think about marketing. And that means as we've, as we've broadened our platform to be a true CRM, I wanna know who my guest is and I wanna know exactly uh, what they're purchasing and how I can talk to them. I wanna know what messaging I sent to them and was it effective. When we talk about marketing automation, I wanna set up trigger-based marketing and I wanna do that in a, in a way that's real life cycle marketing. I mean, one of the things that our most sophisticated customers are doing now, um, I actually just saw a great campaign um, out, out of Rib Crib um, uh, based in Oklahoma. Uh, they are acquiring online ordering customers through Facebook ads. Uh, they are Those customers are being driven to the website or the app uh, to make their first purchase. Those customers are now automatically enrolled in CRM and loyalty because they made that purchase. And whether, and whether they actually uh, uh, go in-store or online, we know how long it took them to make the subsequent purchase. Based on that data, our campaigns automatically determine what's the right marketing message for that customer and send it to them on the right channel, whether that's an email uh, or uh, or an app notification. Awesome. The fact that all really of cool. that's happening, true lifecycle marketing, without someone having to lift a finger, that is in my mind the future, and we are continuing to lean into innovation to make it easy to understand what is the lifetime value of an individual customer, what is the right message to drive that lifetime value up, and was I effective in changing their behavior with my marketing? Zach, that's awesome, and thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, Shats and I launched the podcast because we enjoy, you know, uh, having guests on and asking them questions. And then along the way, we learned that uh, some of our guests have questions for us. So we created uh, the section Talking Back, and we invite our guests to ask us uh, a question. Uh, nothing is off the table. Zach, I give you the microphone. Anything is free. Uh, it's fair game. So you guys know I've been pretty focused on both the pros, but also the the cons of the third-party delivery landscape. Uh, I wrote this article, The Four Horsemen of the Restaurant. Oh, this is going to be trouble. There are now <laughs> fewer horsemen because one bought another one. But uh, I still believe uh, there is an existential threat to restaurants in the form of third-party delivery. The key question in my mind is, are those orders incremental? And my question for you on the finance and restaurant side is how do you think about measuring what's incremental? Uh, I've talked to several people on our podcast who are turning off third-party delivery because they can't prove it's incremental, but they're in the minority still. 
Wow. I knew I knew it was going to be a trouble. I knew it was going to be a tough question because I figured, you know, Zach's a smart guy, Bane guy. He's not going to give us an easy one, Jimmy. All right. So he asked us both from a restaurant tour perspective and a finance perspective. This man is checking all the boxes. Shaz, would you like to comment yeah. first from your perspective? Yeah, no, no. I, I'll, I'm going to go and I'll tell you, I'll tell you that it, yeah, it's very hard to measure uh, the incremental sales. You know, when we first started with uh, Seamless Web 20 years ago, it was really easy because I never did business with any of these people sending in orders. So it was like, wow, my restaurant is full. My bar is full and I'm getting all these orders from all these people I've never heard of before. So it was really easy to measure incremental. Today, you know, the hope was that someone goes on a DSP, they discover you, and then they're, you know, you know, using some of your marketing efforts, you're going to get them to order direct. But I think when we look at it, it uh, we, had a, we had a guest on last week and we talked a little about this. Uh, from my perspective as a restaurant owner, we, we love having the sales channels from all the sales channels. And, uh, but it is very hard to measure the incremental. Um, so I, I, I don't know, but I think when I look at the DSPs, they are certainly here to stay. They are uh, bring, doing delivery in a lot of verticals. And I think they are not looking at restaurants as the only vertical now. So I think they're expanding into grocery and, and, and beer and wine and other types of things. And even, even like uh, not just grocery, but uh, things from convenience stores and stuff like that. There's deals with CVS and Walgreens and stuff like that. So I think they're looking at restaurants aren't going to be their only person to do business with. But um, so it, it is very hard to measure. But I think that at the end of the day, they do drive a, a tremendous amount of business. So I think you just have to figure out what the balance is. And to your point of everything we're talking about right now, I think understanding who your customer is and really engaging with your customer and trying to get that customer to uh, to order off your platform direct. It's a challenge, but it can be done. And I think you said earlier, it's just it's a lot of work and you have to really you have to spend the time to do that work, because if not, then your orders are going to come through these these third parties. And, yes, they're going to they're going to cost you a lot of money. Shatz, your answer was so uh, so strong and so so vague and so not on topic that I almost <laughs> I am almost gonna say like I there's nothing left to say but but there still is um, but no I did think your your answer was a very good one what I would say Zach is the game is not done and I would even argue that in the Bronze Age we are in the Bronze Age of technology for the industry and that's a statement considering that Seamless Web now Grub is a 20 year old company and yet the industry is really itself now just really starting to gain momentum what I mean by that is the roles the DSPs play I still think is is still being um, you know somewhat shaped um, and determined. You're right about the consolidation. There are less horsemen. Mm -hmm. I do think there is an element where I don't want to say it's a race to the bottom as far as hospitality is concerned, but we certainly know that with a tweak of these extremely well-funded and and to a certain extent now foundational companies, a little tweak and they can they can change uh, they can disrupt another party's business. Um, so we are still figuring out the relationship. I think other industries, particularly the um, the airline and the hotel industry, are great benchmarks and roadmaps for the restaurant industry to follow and that those industries were also disrupted by intermediaries and then content ultimately came back and large airlines such as you know, American and, and, and Delta and certainly JetBlue never really succumbed to the intermediaries. They actually created that direct 
relationship with the consumers and hotels did the same. So the fact is both of these uh, platforms, these types of platforms, the third parties, as well as the native, they will both exist. And as Shad said, how they shape up and how restaurateurs and operators utilize them is still going to be, I think, very much uh, um, to be determined. I do expect a rebalancing as operators start to win back the customer and get them to go direct. So again, you're right, hard to quantify, but there's no question I think we're at a turning point where the percentage of users of DSPs are going to start to drop relative to the percentage of users of white label and native platforms. Mic drop, boom. Great answer, Jimmy. Really well played. Oh, thank you. Uh, let's go top of let's go tech stack. Uh, Zach, you know, operators have uh, really recognized now how important technology is. Having a point of sale system, you know, it's great, it's cool, but it's not enough. There are so many other tools out there that one needs to operate a successful uh, hospitality business today. So, outside of uh, of thanks being obviously the most important piece of technology an operator needs. If you gave any advice to an operator today, um, what would it be? What piece of technology are you saying, outside of thanks, of course, do they have to have? You must have this. You got to have this right now. What is it? Yeah, I I think uh, the immediate place to go is a concept we call digital maturity. Uh, And one element of that is data, but the other element of that is, is digital ordering. It's the obvious place to go. And I know we have spent multiple times talking about how it's table stakes now, but the vast majority of the industry uh, still has a quite awful user experience for placing an order. It's just unacceptable. I mean, when you think about going to an e-commerce site and you want to get a certain pair of shoes or you want to get, you you can accomplish that in a matter of clicks on most sites, especially if you're a repeat customer where they've stored all your information there's big, bold images of what you're getting. There's lots of information. It is far too painful still to place an online order uh, at most restaurants. And in fact, if we get away from the limited service model and we look at uh, table service, it's mind-blowing to me the number of places that have stuck a QR code on the table. And obviously, we know it's for touchless reasons. You pull up the menu. And then you're still waiting for your server to come so you can talk to them about the menu you just pulled up. I could have put my order directly into the kitchen. (laughs) And we all know that the speed through which orders get into the kitchen from when someone sits down increases the likelihood that more food gets ordered, that more drinks get ordered, that there's more money spent before that person stands up. Uh, And so embracing how the world has changed because of the ability for consumers to order themselves from the device in their hand. I mean, there was a moment where everyone thought it was kiosks. Mm -hmm. Kiosks are going to stick around, but you got a kiosk in your pocket unless you're giant. (laughs) It's a giant iPhone, right? It's just a giant iPhone. (laughs) I I think while it's table stakes, it is, uh, it is still being done poorly by so many. And there's an opportunity uh, that brands are, are skittish about adopting technology. Uh, this is not an area that they can be skittish. They need, to, they need to forge forcefully into the world of online ordering and pay attention to the quality of the user experience in doing that because it does result in changes in conversion. 
There you go, everybody. It's still at the top of the stack. stack. Um, it's time for our crystal ball moment, uh, a chance where we ask our guests to put on their Kreskin or Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. Zach, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? I am still a huge believer in the power of the restaurant uh, industry, the community that it builds, the uh, unique uh, elements that it brings to a city or a town. Uh, and I think we're, we're about to be in the golden age uh, of restaurants. But my, my crystal ball... Can I quote you on that? Can I quote you on that? Yeah, you can. But my crystal ball is not all, right. all positive. Nice. Jimmy, we got a quote. It's not all positive. I think that restaurants who continue to think about protecting historically narrow margins at the expense of investing in technology are missing the game. Uh, and the game has moved. And you now have to make that upfront investment. And yes, that makes it harder to eventually get a return. But otherwise, you just run a slow death. Uh, and that is a challenge that a lot of restaurants are facing right now is they're looking for, well, these are the technologies I need to check the box on. And I just got to get the lowest mm -hmm. price. And unfortunately, I can tell you countless examples of restaurants that have chosen not to use their technology, that have gone with a cheap check the box solution, and they come running back a year or two later, and their business has stagnated. Uh, that's not a winning strategy, and it turns out results is the only thing that will improve your margin. You can't really cost cut on technology anymore. Uh, just like you can't cost cut on the quality of the food that you're buying if you expect guests to enjoy it. Yeah, you're spot on. And I, I hate those those kind of people that are, uh, you know, being chintzy uh, with technology. Uh, you you got to spend you got to spend the money. You know, you get what you pay for. And uh, I agree with you. An investment into tech today will pay out in spades down the road. Let's go into the quick fire. Uh, I'm going to ask you five lightning round questions. Jimmy's very jealous. Why is he jealous? Because it's the best section. Everybody loves it. And it's my section. So, Zach, without further ado, are you ready? Yes, sir. Thought we lost you there. What has been your favorite Olympic sport to watch? Uh, I've actually had some fun with three-on-three -three basketball and a bunch of no-name people playing basketball instead of NBA stars. Yeah, I like the three on three, by the way. It was cool. I'd like to see actually that should be cool. I'd like to see that professionally. That's, that's like not a real league. Is that a league? I still don't understand why the Olympics wouldn't put actual professional players <laughs> into the sport, but we'll we'll get there eventually. But it's it's a cool format. Uh and uh I've just enjoyed watching it. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh curry up now. Uh one of my favorite San Francisco uh restaurants. Um, expanding across the country, uh, a phenomenal founder and CEO in Akash Kapoor. All right, no, no, well, this is not a time for plugs, Zach. This is just a quick fire. Okay, this is not the time to be plugging <laughs> your, got your you. clients. Got you. <laughs> well played, though, Zach. Well played. And uh, and he just signed up all his stores uh, for thanks, and we're super excited. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is your favorite food city in the world? Boy, uh, Paris is my favorite food city in the world. Not then not. New York, then San Francisco, right? New York is my favorite city in the world. But when it comes to food, uh, I would go to Paris. Uh, and I think you can eat.
for days and never get tired of the variety in Paris. When travel resumes to complete normalcy, where's the first place you want to go? Well, I canceled a trip to Portugal uh, thinking I was going to be good to go in June. And then suddenly COVID lockdowns started. Uh, so now Portugal's like my white whale. I need to go up to Porto and to Lisbon. Uh, so that's that's a trip that I am uh, just twiddling my thumbs, waiting for a chance to to just go. And and frankly, I, I had the pleasure of going there. It's incredible. And uh, and I just want to add, this pandemic has really ruined everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you were <laughs> if you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of Simon Says. Who would you have better odds of beating? Uh, I would beat you, Shatsy. <laughs> yeah, of course. The silence. The silence. Zach was thinking, and he's like, you know, Shatsy has no attention span. He's yeah. not going to be paying. He's not going to listen to what Simon says. <laughs> that, was, that was it. I mean, I, I don't want to give you just yeah. a flippant answer. I wanted to really think about that one, but I thought too long. Like, that I, was actually an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. it was like, come on. Simon says, what? Wait, wait, who's Simon? What? <laughs> Chats, he's like, what? Oh, what? We're playing a game? Yeah, I'm pretty much. I think I won. I won naked, naked, uh, naked uh, what, twister. What, what I win, Jimmy? Naked, naked twister. twister. I won. Yeah. I was pretty much the only one. The only one yeah. I, I they wanted to challenge me in naked twist. Other than that, I think I'm doing all right. All right, listen, Zach, yeah. we want to thank you so much for joining us uh, on the hangout uh, and for all your great insights. Uh, we appreciate your hard work uh, supporting the industry, not just during this challenging time, but but always. You're doing great things for operators uh, as an operator centric platform ourselves. We appreciate and value that. Uh, I mentioned the top of the episode that we had a fantastic offer for our listeners. Um, I probably didn't specify enough that it's a little bit, it's not for every listener, um, but we're excited that Brandon is going to be a key sponsor at, over at a Winsights FS Tech. Uh, event in Dallas, September 12th to the 14th, FS Tech. Um, and we want to see you there. So what's the special offer uh, for any operator, any restaurant operator listening today, we are offering you free registration to the event. Uh, you'll, you'll come on our tab to take advantage of this offer. Uh, all you got to do um, is email us at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. Uh, email us at podcast. And we'll get, you, we'll get you the code. I, I just want to interrupt there real quick, Jimmy. Uh, did you mention that we are sponsoring the branded innovation alley and yeah. we are we are we are curated some of the greatest tech companies the earlier stage companies in the land to be there did you mention Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know what? I, I didn't mention it because you interrupted me before I mentioned it. But now that you mentioned it, I can save my <laughs> – I can skip it because you took care of it. And by the way, Shatsy, I appreciate you watching my back. I also want to say to any listeners that want to get in touch uh, with Zach directly, uh, we no longer give out personal cell phones or emails. We did that in the you know, season one. That was a mistake. You could also email us at podcast at brandedstrategic.com, and we will connect Wait, why don't you. Why give out Zach's home address? He's in San Francisco somewhere. Stop by if you want. Nice, if you want, he's got a nice place. I understand yeah. too. But if you want to reach Zach and talk about opportunities to work with, thanks. We'd be happy to connect you. Uh, to our listeners, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to tune in with us. We know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and the fact that you choose to hang out with us is something we never take for granted, and we really do appreciate and value. Uh, please join us next time as we welcome our friend, Mr. Brandon Barton, CEO of Byte. That'll be a blast, um, and we'll we'll hang out with Brandon a little bit, and um, and if you haven't done hey, so Jimmy, already, isn't uh, isn't Zach giving us some swag to like send to some of our listeners? I thought he had like a hundred hats, like thanks hats or something. He said that if anyone called in, we can yeah. See Jimmy, 
See, you know Jimmy what? Loves I, swag. I, I love swag. I, I own the swag of branded and branded partner companies and be happy to wear swag for thanks. So look, if Zach supplies us with the hats and you want to reach out to us, we'll make sure we deliver those hats to you uh, straight away. No problemo. Um, listen, uh, just to wrap it up, if you haven't finished, uh, if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss out on exciting guests we'll have coming up in the future and better yet, invite a friend to hang out with us the next time. So until then, this is Jimmy Frischling, your finance guy, signing off, thanking Zach. Hey, thanks, Jimbo. This is Shatsy, a.k.a. Restaurant Guy. Thanks, everybody, for coming to the Hospitality Hangout. And thank you to our guest, Zach Goldstein, over it. Thanks. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. 